No good deed goes unpunished. And remember the good old days when Sports Illustrated featured hot women in their swimsuit edition? Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Reintroducing the Avo Classic Maduro. Smooth, creamy, rich. Avo cigars change the tempo. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars. Including the Gurkha Nicaragua series. 100% pure Nicaraguan tobaccos. 100% full-bodied flavor. GurkhaCigars.com. Welcome to Bold Alpha. I'm Alpha Dave, the General and Alpha Male in Chief. No good deed goes unpunished, especially if it involves praising President Trump. On Thursday at the White House, President Trump held his Hispanic Prosperity Initiative, signed an executive order to improve Hispanics' access to educational and economic opportunities. There were numerous Hispanic leaders from medicine, from business, from every various aspect of life. One of the guests, the CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Yunanu. Bob Yunanu runs Goya, which is the largest Hispanic-owned food business in the United States, employing more than 4,000 people, many of them Hispanic. And they support the livelihoods of thousands more because they buy cans for their product. They buy various raw materials for their product. There's a giant, you know, we pardon the pun, food chain, but there is a food chain in any business, including the food business. The end product you see on the shelf, and go, go into any supermarket, and you will see rows and rows of rows of Goya foods. And it's not just foods that are purchased by Hispanics. Anglos purchase a great amount of Goya foods. But when you think that it's just what you see on the shelf, remember, you've got farmers, you've got people who make the print the materials and make the cans, the aluminum that transport the the Goya products. There's just a giant food chain, and it starts maybe at, at Goya, but it works all the way down. And I will guarantee you that Many people who are involved in that long food chain are Hispanic. Well, the CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Yunanu, made a huge mistake, according to the libs, according to the left, according to the snowflakes, the people who need a safe space. While Yunanu was speaking and talking about proud to be involved in the president's Hispanic initiative, He complimented President Trump and said, President Trump, it is wonderful to have a builder in the White House. Now, that in and of itself is not a controversial statement. It's an innocuous statement. Great to have a business person or great to have a builder. But remember when it comes to the left, when it comes to the snowflakes, when it comes to the ultra-sensitive that if they don't get their way, like a bunch of three-year-olds, They have to jump up and down and scream and yell and protest. And what's the go-to way of protesting for these ultra-libs these days? Boycott. Now they're calling it a Goya-cut. Because Goya Foods, they're taking Goya and saying, cut, boycott, Goya-cut. How creative. Who's it going to hurt? Well, number one, it's going to hurt the people that actually enjoy the product. So to AOC and some of these other clowns, these other libs, They're going to stop buying the product. Okay, well, it's going to hurt them because clearly they buy the product for a reason, because of the quality, because it tastes good, because they enjoy it. And then they're going to hurt all those Hispanic workers. And Goya is an American success story. I believe that uh, Bob Unano, the CEO's great-grandfather, grandfather, great-grandfather, started with nothing and built Goya into a massive food company, a large Hispanically family-owned food company a great success story. But remember, that's never good enough for the liberals. Because all it takes in today's cancel culture is you say one thing. If you say good morning to President Trump, then all of a sudden you are deemed to be an enemy. You're racist. And we're seeing this coast to coast, this nonsense 
where statues are being removed in Buffalo, my hometown. Yesterday, the statue of Christopher Columbus in Columbus Park was removed. Now, it was removed voluntarily. The Italian leaders in the city of Buffalo, as well as several Italian councilmen, met with the mayor and stated, look, we don't want the statue to be desecrated. We want to move it to a safe place somewhere. We don't want this to be a, a controversy. And so they decided they would all work together and move it somewhere. But to me, the mere fact that you have to go through that today in 2020 is beyond ridiculous, beyond absurd. We could play this game down the road. Somewhere down the road, a statue could be erected to Barack Obama. And 50 or 100 years from now, somebody may come out and say, oh, well, Barack Obama did something that here today in 2000 or 2120, we deem to be racist or evil or mean. We're going to have to take that statue down, that monument down. Enough is enough. It's really getting to be beyond ridiculous. And there is a growing backlash. There is an absolute growing backlash in this country. There is a silent majority. I just saw that Rasmussen had numerous polls. The overwhelming majority, uh, probably two-thirds of Americans, are fed up with this cancel culture. They're fed up with the nonsense going on in the streets. They're fed up with destroying and desecrating statues. They're getting fed up with political correctness, and that includes blacks and Hispanics and other people that are saying it's part of history. You don't have to sit and love the statue or the monument, but it is part of history. If, you know, if, if this would be the equivalent of people in Germany saying, we don't like the fact that all these monuments or museums to the Holocaust or even retaining the grounds of the concentration camps in Germany, we find that offensive. Therefore, we need to remove them. We need to remove all the, the historical monuments to what took place, the tragedy of the Holocaust. We need to just bulldoze down those concentration camps and let's build condos. And let's get rid of all these Holocaust museums. I'll tell you exactly what would happen. There's that old phrase, that old saying, If we forget the past, we're condemned to relive it. If we forget history, we are condemned to relive it. There is a reason that we have museums. There is a reason that these monuments, in many cases, were put up. If you find it offensive, don't walk by it. Don't look at it. Don't acknowledge it. But this nonsense that we have created a group of people today, this millennial and Gen Z generation, that are so offended by everything that they need to cancel everything. They don't like it, let's get rid of it. And this is what happens when you do not teach kids how to learn, when you don't keep score. Because they always believe that they are right, they are correct, and if they don't get their way, they're going to stomp up and down. And it doesn't end when they're 3 or they're 5 or they're 10. AOC is what, 30? Whatever she is, 28, 30, 32, 33, whatever age she is, She's still stomping up and down like a little damn spoiled kid that didn't get her way. President Trump has been one of the best presidents in history for Hispanic Americans. Under President Trump, before the Chinese Wuhan virus epidemic, Hispanics' median income reached record highs. Unemployment rate reached an all-time low. Tax cuts disproportionately helped Hispanics. And his new executive order are going to bolter, uh, bolster those gains and accelerate the economic recovery, especially amongst Hispanic businesses. So on the face, you would look and say, great, the more Hispanic businesses that are involved in this initiative, the better. There's an old saying. You are in Washington. You're either at the table or you're on the menu. All those Hispanic businesses that were invited to the White House and those Hispanic leaders They were at the table. They were offered a seat at the table. They want to participate in the conversation. I was not a Barack Obama fan. Anybody knows that from listening to our sister show, The Cigar Dave Show, or Cigar Dave Podcast. You can tell by my rants and opinions, I'm not a Barack Obama fan. I'm not a liberal. In fact, I think today's Democrat Party is no longer the Democrat Party. I think they are now bordering on fascism and Marxism. 
In fact, they're pretty close to being there, not bordering. They've got one toe already over the border. But if President Obama would have called me or a representative saying, we'd like you to come to the White House and participate in whatever the case may be, a, a roundtable on how to, make alpha, uh, how to make young boys turn them into alpha males, how to make sure that boys and young adults become decisive alpha males, I absolutely would have accepted. And if I had the, the opportunity to speak one-on-one to the president, I would have politely, I would not have been rude, but I would politely say, Mr. President, I disagree with you on this, this, and this. So consequently, you have to be involved in the discussions. Because President Obama, if he would have invited me, does that make me all of a sudden a big supporter? Should people say, I'm not going to listen to your show anymore because you attended a function at the White House while President Obama was president? It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. You should always engage in debate with the opposition. The reason Democrats... The reason liberals, the reason Marxists, the reason that most millennials and Gen Z do not want to engage in debate is because they are not prepared for debate with fact. I have found on numerous occasions, whenever I begin debating someone who has either a different political position or a different position on even sports or even on a a, a big Buffalo Bills fan, and I've had my my opinions on Josh Allen, whether or not I think he can be a franchise quarterback. And I have had conversations with various people. And I use fact. And I say, look, this is these are the facts. In college, he did this. He wasn't able to do this. You know, point A, B, C, D. When they get frustrated and they're not winning the debate, when their position is not, they, they cannot sustain their position with fact, what do they all resort to? They resort to immediately saying, I can't debate you. You're not being rational. That's it. I'm done. They get very angry. They get very frustrated. Instead of dealing in fact, instead of saying, you know, I, I, that is a fact that I never considered. They immediately storm out of the room like a three-year-old. A three-year-old that doesn't get his or her way. And that's exactly what we are seeing today. There is no difference. No difference. So what was the mistake, again, that the CEO of Goya Foods made? He praised President Trump. He said, President Trump, you're a builder. It's wonderful to have a builder in the White House, and thank you for the opportunity. Well, that did not sit well with the anti-Trump mob, with the Marxists, with the enemy of America libs and Dems. They immediately went to the good old-fashioned boycott playbook. Goya was the number one trending topic on Twitter Thursday night. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, one of the great, one of the, one of the world's most intellectual politicians, not only of our day, but of all time, and of course I say that facetiously. She tweeted, oh look, it's the sound of me Googling how to make your own adobo. And of course the hashtag started to Goyacot and Goyaway. Former Obama Administration Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Fidel Castro, another winner, tweeted, Goya Foods has been a staple of so many Latino households for generations. Now their CEO, Bob Yunanu, is praising a president who villainizes and maliciously, maliciously attacks Latinos for political gain. Americans should think twice about buying their products. Please. Again, another five-year-old. Celebrity chef Jose Andres. Political commentator Anna Navarro-Cardenas. This broad is so ugly, is such a goddamn bitch, so unpleasant that she has to marry a guy, Al Cardenas, who's got not only one, maybe 1.5 steps into the grave. She couldn't get a young guy. There's no way. She had to go for a guy about 118 years older than she is. Can you imagine having to live with that bitch and just hear her just yakking and the nagging on a nonstop basis? Another one that thought she was really a high up with Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush couldn't stand Anna Navarro. Couldn't stand her. Everybody says, oh, she's a Republican operative. She was a nothing in Florida. A zero. She had to be hired by CNN. And remember, what do CNN and BSDNC hire? They hire what I call milk toast Republicans. 
They hire Republicans that at the, if you hire them, they'll gladly change their position to go after the Republican Party and Republican candidates. David Jolly, another, another real winner. Member of the House, I think he was a one-termer here from St. Petersburg, Florida. Now all of a sudden, he's their go-to guy. And I always get a kick out of these milquetoast Republicans. As long as they get the check from CNN or BSDNC, no problem. But she called for a boycott. Lynn Manuel Miranda, the star of the musical Hamilton, tweeted, We learned to take to bake bread in this pandemic. We can learn to make our own adobo con pimienta. Bye. Oh, what a threat. By the way, Hamilton, he stars in the music uh, musical Hamilton? Wait a minute. Wasn't Alexander Hamilton part of all those people, those evil founders of this country? Shouldn't he be canceled? Shouldn't the musical Hamilton be canceled? Of course, Miranda came up with some, some cockamamie excuse. But remember, the hypocrisy run, runs rampant when it comes to the liberals. When it comes to you as a conservative, you as a libertarian, uh-uh, you don't have a right to an opinion. Now, again, all those crybabies, those libs, those crybabies, they never mention the fact that Yunanu collaborated with then-First Lady Michelle Obama in her Let's Move campaign and was recognized at the Obama White House during Hispanic Heritage Month in 2011. Remember that. He went to the White House. He was, he was lauded for his efforts. In fact, in 2018, one group ranked Goya as the second leading U.S. brand for its social influence and community support. In fact, male, uh, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, in his Low Salt Initiative, he, he was supported by Unanu the CEO of Goya Foods. When the President of the United States, whether it's Democrat, Republican, calls, you either are at the table or you're on the menu. So he made a very simple acceptance to go to not only the Obama White House, but to the the Trump White House, which any business leader should do, any CEO, with the exception of Delta CEO, the Delta CEO, who uh, basically, for uh, I don't know how many years, was bitching and moaning about the unfair competition from some of the Gulf State, uh, Gulf State airlines, and demanded that uh, the United States do something. Ed Bastion, Ed Bastard, we'll give him a new name. Every airline CEO, when President Trump, this is before the the Wuhan virus pandemic, when President Trump said, "Okay, I'll, I'll meet with you. We'll talk about it." Every airline CEO attended, except Ed Bastian, because he said, well, I'm on vacation, and I'm not going to break that. I'm sorry. You may be on vacation, but as the CEO, representing however many thousands, I think at the time they had maybe 80,000 employees, maybe more. Now they're going to be lucky if they have eight employees. You break your vacation to go meet with the president. You're the CEO of an airline. You can get a first class, sir. I think he says he goes coach. What a schmuck. The CEO, and you go coach, good luck. You go first class or business class. But he could have easily made it back to Washington to meet for two hours, then go back on your European vacation. Now, the airlines are all in deep trouble. We all know that. All in trouble. And yet, we had to bail them out. But Ed Bastian, who also got a big bailout, nowhere to be found. Really is amazing to me. But you as a CEO, when a, when, when a president or the the White House calls and asks you to participate, you go and participate. Enough's enough. This nonsense where we're going to boycott is ridiculous. And isn't it amazing it's always the left, always the liberals, always the Marxists that are boycotting? It is time for libertarians and conservatives to wake up. Read Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals. Know the enemy. One of the reasons the Democrats and the Marxists and the socialists hate President Trump is because in the past, whenever a, whenever a Democrat would sling mud or, or attack a Republican, Romney, McCain, they'd all sit there and then they'd put their head between their, their little tail and walk away and say, okay, I, I won't attack you, President Obama. I won't attack you, Nancy Pelosi. 
The difference is when President Trump gets attacked by Obama or whoever, whether it was Obama, whether it was Chuck Schumer, not only does, if he gets kicked in the nuts, not only does he fight back, but he'll kick you not only in the nuts 10 times harder, but he'll take his fist and shove it right up your nose 10 times harder than you ever would have been able to do. And that's what frustrates and infuriates the Democrats and the Marxists and the socialists. But I'm pleased to see that there are so many libertarians and conservatives saying, you know what, we're going to go out and buy four, five, six. Just this morning, I had a very good friend of mine saying she went to public supermarket, the big supermarket chain in Florida, now in the, much of the Southeast. She went and said, I bought 100 bucks worth of Goya products. I bought cans of beans. I bought cans of spice. I bought all sorts of stuff. She said, and I immediately took it to one of the food banks and donated it. That's the difference between libertarians, conservatives, and between the Democrats, the libs, the socialists, the Marxists. The conservatives actually are free, are willingly, willingly and freely take money out of their own pocket without being asked to contribute to a good cause. The Democrats, the libs, the socialists, the Marxists, they don't give a penny to anything. Their feeling is, well, let's go after the rich and let's then use their money. Joe Biden, Mr. I'm a man of the people, go take a look at his tax returns the last 10 years and see how much he donated to charity. I remember on one of his most recent tax returns, I think the last year he was in the, as, as vice president, uh, he donated something like one one-tenth of 1% to charity. And it was to goodwill for old furniture. Didn't even give any cash contributions. What does that tell you? So to all those people, this cancel culture bullshit that want to go after Goya Foods and the CEO because he happened to praise President Trump, go screw yourselves. Because I guarantee you there will be more people in this country that will go buy Goya Foods than those people that will boycott Goya Foods. I'll tell you a cigar that I will not boycott. For those of you that are listening to Bold Alpha and maybe you've never had a cigar, maybe you want to get into cigars, because as an alpha male, as alphas, we enjoy the alpha male lifestyle. That includes cigars, that includes spirits, that includes grilling. Made a phenomenal, phenomenal aged ribeye on the grill yesterday. And in an upcoming Bold Alpha, we'll actually spend some time teaching you how you can age your own steak, age your meat. Very easy. Doesn't take much, but the difference it makes in the texture, the flavor, the richness of your steak, the cookability of your steak, incredible. But for those of you that are maybe new to Bold Alpha, we have many people who are Cigar Dave listeners. You're looking for a cigar that's going to be on the nice medium side, that's going to be very pleasant. The reintroduced Avo Classic Maduro. The Avo Classic is a cigar that's been around for 30 plus years, medium bodied. The binders from the Dominican Republic, the fillers from the Dominican Republic. But what the, the Avo people have done, they changed the wrapper. For the Avo Classic Maduro, they put on a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Grown in Connecticut, it's a beautiful, dark, shiny, chocolatey wrapper. A lot of oil, a lot of sheen. Gives it a beautiful sweetness. So they took the guts, if you will, the binder and filler of the Avo Classic. They put on a new Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. And what you have is a classic, smooth, creamy cigar that delivers rich flavor, not overpowering, a special cigar that will make your night special or your day special. Change the tempo with Avo cigars and try the new Avo Classic Maduro. Cannot go wrong. Do you remember the good old days when we as kids or teenagers or adolescents would get excited every year to go out and buy the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? And I think it used to come out right around February because I remember as a kid growing up in Buffalo that we would, we would just be waiting for the the issue, because we'd just been going through winter for what seemed to be forever. You'd want to see grass. You'd want to see beaches. You'd want to see sun. You'd want to see hot women. And when that swimsuit edition came out from Sports Illustrated, boom, every kid, every 12, 13, 14, 16-year-old, even adults, adult men would go out and buy that swimsuit edition. And they had hot women, hot women with hot racks, 
They had just totally hot tens. It was, you'd look at it and say, every one, every woman is hotter than the other. And then all of a sudden, starting, what was it, last year, the year before, they end up putting some women on the, in the swimsuit edition. Let's just say, not going not gonna to get you overly excited. There's not going to be major wood there. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. And now, Sports Illustrated has totally insulted every alpha male, every adolescent male in alpha male training, anybody that looked forward to the swimsuit edition. Let's face it, I don't get, I, I don't, I haven't bought a Sports Illustrated in how to be 20 years, 10 years at least, maybe 20 years. I get it every month or every few weeks because for some reason I'm on this complimentary mailing list because they need to keep the circulation up. But when I look at it, it's like uh, it's like a wafer. I get it and I take off the name and address, shred that, and I throw the thing out. There's really nothing worth anything on Sports Illustrated, everything you can read online. And by the time you get Sports Illustrated, the days when that was really the mecca for sports, in-depth sports journalism is over. And I'll tell you what else is over. Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Why? Because for the first time ever, Sports Illustrated is using a transgender model to appear in their annual swimsuit issue as part of the magazine's attempts to diversify. I love that term, diversify. It's roster of swimwear models. Well, here's the deal. I don't need to see a transgender model. I have no interest in a guy, in a woman that used to have a dick. I don't need to see that. I'm not interested in that. It's a chick with a dick. Anyway, you take a look at it. Valentina Sampaio. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe uh, probably known as Victor Sampaio. And look, whatever you want to do to yourself, have at it. I could care less. Chop off whatever you want. Grow a set of whatever you want. I don't care. But I am sick and tired of all these woke magazines and all these other woke media, whether it's internet or TV, shoving this shit down our throat. I don't want to look at a transgender model in a bikini. No thank you very much. I don't want to see necessarily plus-size models. Look, if they're a little, you know, they've got ample rackage and stackage, and they're a little bit curvy, that's fine. I don't need to see a size 28 broad in, swim, in, in Sports Illustrated. And I don't need to see a Muslim model wearing a hijab and a modest swimsuit. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not why people buy the swimwear issue. I'm not interested. And I'm sick and tired of all these, the magazines or other people that are shoving this down our throats ad infinitum. Now, I always thought that the swimsuit edition would come out around February. It used to. Now, it's going to hit newsstands and online July 21st. And the magazine offered a preview of the transgender, the transgender's photo shoot, which features the model posing in a bikini and a one-piece bathing suit. Do I have any interest at all in seeing that? And the answer is absolutely not. Do not have any interest. Don't want to see it. Not interested. And I am looking right now at a picture. And I can tell you, that, I mean, he looks good. I mean, let's face it, it's not a woman. He looks good, but still, not interested. Zero interest in seeing a transgender. And I am, zero, I am tired of all this nonsense being shoved down our throats. I have no problem. People can live the life want, they want. But why is it that every one of these uh, members of the media, or media, whether it's TV or whether it's electronic newspaper, whether it is even politicians, they have to shove this down our throats. And I realize that many people would dare say what I'm saying. And I'm all for equality. If you want to pay for transgender surgery yourself, have at it. But don't ask taxpayers. That's not, that's elective surgery. That has nothing to do with someone's health. You want to go from a man to a woman, woman to a man, mazel tov, have at it. But I don't want to pay for it. Taxpayers don't want to pay for it. And I don't want it flaunted in front of my face. Live your life the way you want, but I don't feel the need where they have to shove this down our throats. I will guarantee you 
That swimsuit is. First of all, Sports Illustrated is beyond dead. I mean, it's not even on life support. It's dead. This is probably their last-ditch effort to say, well, maybe we'll get some of these woke people, these libs, that will buy it. Libs don't buy shit. They don't buy anything. They're takers. They're not makers. We as the libertarians, the conservatives, we're the makers. The libs and Marxists and socialists and commies, they're the takers. They're not going to buy anything. They will take it if it's free, but if it comes to having to spend three, four, five, six bucks on a magazine, good luck. Not going to happen. Uh, Gurkha has a great cigar that I want to tell you about. I love full-flavored cigars. I, you know, I like mild, depending on the time of day. could be mild, could be medium. My palate, people always ask me. They say, General, what is your favorite cigar? My answer is whatever I'm smoking at the time. And there are times when I'm interested in a mild cigar. Sometimes I'm interested in a medium cigar. And sometimes I want a medium, medium full cigar. And the Gurkha Nicaragua series, which was launched one year ago at the International Premium Cigar Retailers Convention in Vegas, is a Nicaraguan Puro. For those of you that are new to cigars, new to Bold Alpha, what is a Puro? In Spanish, it translates from Puro to English, pure. Meaning it is a Puro. All the tobacco, the cigar tobaccos, come from one country. Pure. Could be Nicaragua, could be the Dominican, could be Honduras. The Gurkha Nicaragua series, as the name implies, is a Nicaraguan Puro. Top to bottom, wrapper, binder, filler. Corojo 99 wrapper, dual Corojo 99 binders, and a Corojo 99 Criollo 98 long fillers. What does that mean? It means that you get some beautiful medium plus to full flavored peppery notes, some spicy notes. If you like a cigar that is going to pair up nicely with a spicy meal, with a bold Cabernet or a very peaty scotch, the Gurkha Nicaragua series would be the way to go. GurkhaCigars.com. Not only you can get info on the Gurkha Nicaragua series, but all of the other cigars in the Gurkha portfolio as well. Lastly, We have seen many members of the media that have talked about people their own that have been affected by the Chinese Wuhan virus. And NBC and BSDNC, they have been after it all the time. You know they've been going after President Trump and our own, our people. We have people here at NBC that have suffered the Chinese Wuhan virus. Well, it's affected everybody. I guarantee you there is someone you know. I know multiple people. It has affected everybody. And I have said I believe this is going to continue until probably into... Late third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter of 2021, it'll slowly die itself out. The pandemic of uh, the, the Spanish flu of 2017, 2018, same thing happened. And I'll tell you a story in just a moment. But <clears throat> the uh, NBC and MSNBC science contributor, Dr. Joseph Fair, announced that on May 13th, announced on Twitter, that he came down with As he said, COVID-19. We all know COVID-19 is a contrived bullshit term. It's the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. So he said on Twitter at the time, my friends wondering where I've been, I came down with COVID-19 and hospitalized. I'm on the other end of it, but not other woods yet. Please continue to social distance. I use max precautions, but still manage to contract it back as soon as I'm able, friends. Stay safe. Hashtag stay safe. Now, Dr. Fair is a virologist, and he stated numerous times on the air in May and June that he's had this struggle with the Chinese Wuhan virus. And after he revealed his initial diagnosis, he said, I want to thank everybody, all the thousands of well wishes for a speedy recovery poured in from friends, fans, celebrities, viewers. He was hospitalized, released six days later. He said, after six days, I'm being released with O2. I can't thank my caregivers and the NBC News and MSNBC family enough. I also thank you for their prayers and messages, even by fax. They lifted me up in hard times. Home to convalesce, but back as soon as my body permits. Well, let's fast forward two months later. Here we are in early to mid-July. Two months after announcing that he had coronavirus, the Chinese Wuhan virus, there's something that he failed to tell the viewers and the many thousands of well-wishers that he had been tested multiple times. I think he'd tested six times for the Chinese Wuhan virus, and every single time he tested negative. Even though he tested negative six times, 
He believed he had it regardless. Oh, and he also tested negative upon taking the antibody test. But of course, he kept insinuating, insisting, I have the Chinese Wuhan virus. Well, wouldn't you know that a few days ago he comes out, reveals that he never tested positive, and of course never states that during the two months that he's been saying, I've got the Wuhan virus, I was in the hospital, I've got O2, never says that he took the multiple tests that showed that he was negative. But he tweets out on July 7th, my undiagnosed suspected COVID illness from nearly two months ago remains an undiagnosed mystery as a recent antibody test was negative. I had myriad COVID symptoms, was hospitalized in a COVID ward, and treated for COVID-related comorbidities despite testing negative by nasal swab. And then also he comes out the same day. I'm so grateful to you all for the ongoing support in my recovery. I'm feeling back to normal. I'm thankful for my health, to my caregivers for getting me through it. I hope the same outcome for those in care for COVID, about which we have yet so much to learn. Well, Dr. Fair, in his Twitter profile, describes himself as a virologist, epidemiologist, outbreak responder, advisor to governments and industry. And clearly, he contracted something But it wasn't the Chinese Wuhan virus because on multiple tests, negative. On the antibody test, negative. Yet he kept propagating this while he was in the hospital for a week, even though I guarantee you as soon as he was in the hospital, he had a test and probably knew relatively quickly. And over the next six, eight weeks, kept propagating the fact that he was recovering from COVID-19. A load of absolute blatant lies, and poppycock. Dr. Joseph Fair lied over six, eight weeks. Are we surprised? Because remember one thing, to the fake news media and to many people in the medical community, the ends justifies the means. Even though he tested negative, he never told anybody, never told people on Twitter, never told anybody on, uh, on the air when he was interviewed, never said, I tested negative, so clearly it's something else. Who knows what it is, but clearly if he is a virologist and if his, uh, as a self-described outbreak responder, who knows if he out- responded to something else even before the Chinese Wuhan virus was around that maybe reared its ugly head. But again, I find it amazing. Knowingly took multiple tests and yet doesn't admit it until two months later. Something seemed a little fishy, you're damn right. Let me tell you very quickly about, uh, as you know, I've been going after Dr. Phony Fauci. And we have talked about Fauci. He's given contradictory information. He is known for over 15 years from his own virology journal that a scientific study showed that chloroquine was an effective uh, inhibitor, effective agent against the SARS virus, which shares, I think, 96% of the RNA with the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, which I still to this day believe was released, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, from the lab, from a a, a level four lab in Wuhan. No doubt in my mind. And we're going to find that. That's coming out. We know that. Of course, the Chinese are covering up. Why is it the Chinese are doing so much to cover that up? Just do the math. Just use common sense, which most people in the fake news media won't do. But I want you to... Remember about phony Fauci, I've always said, follow the money. Hydroxychloroquine has shown to be effective. What's really shown to be effective early on is hydroxychloroquine, zinc sulfate, and azithromycin. Not the Z-pack, azithromycin. So let me relay a, a, a true story. A good friend of mine tells me that a guy he plays tennis with, who's 83, just was test, just tested positive for the Chinese Wuhan virus. And he was told to take a test because somebody that he had dinner with, I think the previous week, wasn't feeling well, took a test. Lo and behold, he is Wuhan virus positive. So he was able to get the test and get the results back before he had any symptoms. Well, after a few days, the symptoms start appear. Not feeling well after the first day, he calls his physician and his physician prescribes him a Z-pack. That's it, a Z-pack. My response was, well, that's unusual, a Z-pack. He's got nothing in his lungs yet, but 
That seems to be a little unusual. And I really believe that many physicians simply to this day, not because they're incompetent, because they're engaging in malpractice, they simply don't know how to properly treat the Chinese Wuhan virus because they have heard so much disinformation from Fauci about bullshit saying, oh, it's anecdotal evidence about hydroxychloroquine. And all these bullshit studies that have come out, looking at 20 people that were on their deathbed at the VA, and, and all this other nonsensical fabricated studies, and there's only one reason why Fauci and the rest of the scientific world, or those in the scientific world that are against hydroxychloroquine, there's one reason, because President Trump suggested it. If President Obama suggested it, they would have applauded and hailed and said, Mr. President, what an app. You are brilliant. You Not only are you a brilliant leader and a brilliant president and such a learned, smart man, but you, you did your research in the medical community to find out that hydroxychloroquine could work. Thank you, President Obama. We're going to nominate you for another Nobel Peace Prize. But because it's President Trump, nope, it's only anecdotal evidence. Nope, there's no evidence. We'll come up with these fabricated bullshit studies. And of course, the fake news biased libstream media never never looks at the study they never read the study they read a bullshit headline or a press release why am i a general why am i the alpha male in chief because when one of these studies comes in i don't just look at the press release i then go dig and i read the entire study i want to see exactly what it says i want to see their methodology i want to see their statistics i want to see the probability samples i want to see how it was everything was laid out and when you look at most of these studies, 90% of them are flawed. Their data is flawed. The data is manipulated beyond a certain confidence level. So basically, they, the end justifies the means. They get the study to, to come up with a position in which they are advocating. That's not science. Not science in any way, shape, or form. Well, I've said all along, there's a doctor, Vladimir Zelenko up in uh, New York State, up I think in Westchester County. There have been other physicians that have been using hydroxychloroquine. A French epidemiologist, very well known, the, the phony Fauci of uh, France, Dr. Didier, came out with this saying, we believe that this is a great way to treat it. And so what has happened? They have said that hydroxychloroquine, which again, Fauci said in his own virology journal, came out August 2005. I've shared the link before that it is an effective method of treating SARS, which is 96% related, similar RNA, to the Chinese Wuhan coronavirus. So you know you've got a basis there. So why would Fauci be so against hydroxychloroquine when people are having results? And so before I tell you that, let me tell you what happened to my buddy, my friend of a friend. He said, yeah, he's not feeling well. I said, listen, I'm going to send you some video. I'm going to send you some information. I'm going to send you a whole bunch of things. You tell him, and again, I'm not a physician. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm not telling you to do anything. All I tell you is do your own research. Do not rely upon the fake news media. So what I did was I provided the links. I provided the research to my buddy who then shared it with his 83-year-old friend. And I showed them. I, I gave them the study in Virology Magazine and Virology Journal, the multiple videos that are out there, the, the treatment people showing, and in fact, the latest study from the university, I think the Henry Ford Medical System, showing hydroxychloroquine has been very effective in a scientifically controlled study. So what the data that I presented showed that hydroxychloroquine, don't even wait for a test result. The problem is, one of the reasons we had such a high, I believe, morbidity rate early on was because people would come in with symptoms and they'd say, well, before we treat you with anything, we're going to give you a test. And in that, at that time, and now we're seeing the, the test long delays. A friend of mine just took a test a week ago yesterday, only got the results yesterday. It took a full eight days to get the test results back. That's too late. If you are feeling the symptoms, that is too late. You must begin treating the symptoms immediately. Do not wait for the test. And many doctors, many hospitals waited for the test, and it took three, four days. Well, what we have found, what the researchers and medical professionals have found, that on the fifth day of the Chinese Wuhan virus, the viral load explodes. The viral load just starts exploding exponentially. So you don't want to wait until, number one, you have a test, especially if there's a five, six, seven-day lag. If you have symptoms, 
and it's the first day, second day, you get in to see your doctor, let's say the third day, and you've got symptoms, and the doctor says, well, before we do anything, we'll take a test, but it could take a week. By a week, another seven days, another eight days, you're toast. It's too late. That viral load of the CCP Wuhan virus has exploded. So you've got to treat it immediately. So many doctors aren't even waiting for the test. If somebody comes in that has the symptoms, if they look toxic, if they're above the age of 60, below 60 with comorbidities, boom, many doctors are saying, we're going to give you the, the hydroxychloroquine, 200 milligrams a day, twice a day, 220 milligrams of zinc sulfate once a day, and azithromycin. I can't remember what the dosage is, but it's twice a day, not the z pack And I think it's a seven-day regimen, if I'm not mistaken. So I presented the information. That person then related to his 83-year-old friend who called his doctor and said, look, this is what I'd like to try. I don't want to wait. The doctor said, fine, okay. Wrote a prescription that day. Wife goes to CVS, gets the prescription filled. The next day, he starts to feel better. The day after, he feels well enough to go to his office while nobody else was there, of course, wearing proper masking procedures just to pick up some things from his office. And at last report, he was feeling great and 83 up and onward. That's not coincidental. That is not an accident. Clearly, Fauci, phony Fauci would say, well, that's anecdotal. We, we don't know anything more than that. It's just anecdotal evidence. Well, we know for fact that clearly when you look at something like that and said, wait a minute, that's just not anecdotal. He wasn't feeling well the first day. He did the azithromycin the first day. That didn't do anything, but then changes the next day to a different regimen, and lo and behold, a day later, feeling better, and by the next day, going into his office, again, when nobody else is around, wearing a mask, and just to pick up some things. It's not coincidental. Phony Fauci would lead you to believe that. I'm not a physician. My father was a surgeon and a physician. And I can tell you one thing my father would say is when somebody would come in, sometimes there's, he said, medicine... And, and, and the medical profession is part science and it's part art. You can look at all the science you want, but sometimes you have to make a judgment and say, I don't see this working. Maybe we make an adjustment here. You know, when you're in the operating room, my father was in the OR. He said, look, you know, some, one thing could happen and then another thing happens and another thing. And the next thing you know, yes, there's science, but as a surgeon, you, you have to use some of that art form, your experience, to know what to do. Not everything is in a textbook. So it works. And I would say to you, if you are not feeling well, have the symptoms, have a discussion with your physician, get the information. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm simply saying become informed. Don't listen to CNN, the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost and BSDNC and all these other liberal fake news media that have an agenda, as does phony Fauci. So why was phony Fauci so against hydroxychloroquine? Why didn't he say, let's just give it a try. Let's see what happens. I'll tell you why. Phony Fauci at the NIH is the head of the Infectious Diseases Unit. He has a big pool of money that comes in not only from taxpayers, but from pharmaceutical companies, from donors. People don't realize this, that he can dole out. So how much money did he dole out to Gilead Sciences in the, in the Remvesidir studies, in the creation of Remvesidir? $71.6 million. And as we have just learned a few weeks ago, the treatment cost of Remvesidir will be $3,200 more expensive, $400 more than what foreign, foreign uh, citizens, what foreign governments will pay for a dosage, even though the United States contributed over $71.5 billion. Once again, the American taxpayer and Americans get screwed. We fund the development of Remvesidir. Phony Fauci writes the check on behalf of the taxpayers. And who gets screwed? American taxpayers. Bingo, you got it. Always follow the money. So... Fauci spent $72 million of taxpayer dollars. Do you think Fauci wants to come out and admit, hey, yeah, we've got this effective treatment, even though we already know it, it's 20 bucks for a treatment. Most insurance companies, there's zero copay. But no, 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 we know it works, but it's only anecdotal. We're going to go with Remvesidir. And what Remvesidir has shown is that when you get to the hospital, 
it does have an effect on reducing the stay and decreasing the morbidity rate. The key is to stay out of the damn hospital. We don't want to get into a situation where all these people are into the hospital, then in the ICU, it is too late. That's why I can tell you that should I feel the effects, I am already prepared. I already have the cocktail of drugs necessary and will not wait for a Wuhan virus test. Now, I am getting an antibody test this week because I think I may have had it in February. I was just a terrible upper respiratory infection, went into my chest, terrible cough. I had a lot of junk. I had to finally go on a zithromycin, a Z-pack to clear it out. And I was just, it wasn't the normal upper respiratory infection. I was whacked for about 10 days, didn't even leave the house. When I did go back to Command Center Alpha, my office, after about two, three hours, I was tired and would go back home. So I'm going to have the antibody test this week, and I'll give you the report. The moral of the story is don't believe the lamestream media. Phony Fauci is not the be-all, end-all. He has a motive. Always follow the money. It is that simple. I hope wherever you are, you are safe, you are healthy, and in the event that you should come down with Chinese Wuhan virus type symptoms. I'm not prescribing anything. I simply say, do your research, do your homework, be an informed patient. Remember, you have to be your own advocate. You have to insist to medical professionals, I would like to try this, this, and this. Some of them may say yes. If they say no, find somebody else, but do your own research. I have learned that nobody cares more about your health than you. You have to be your own absolute, uh, uh, you've got to be number one. You have got to be your own advocate and you have got to insist that if you're not feeling well, when a doctor says, ah, no, you're okay. No doctor, I don't feel well. I think I want to take this test or this test. You have to be proactive. You must be alpha. Alpha Dave, the general, the alpha male in chief, as always, I say to you, make sure wherever you go, wherever you may be, You always lead the alpha male lifestyle. Never drop your head. Never cower. Always walk tall and proud to be a certified alpha male. 